Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. We are starting. Welcome go, to the Catholic go, Stuff. Good for go. Good for go. I'm Father Mike. I'm Father Nathan, and this is Catholic Stuff You Should Know. We are on the air today trying to do a doble before our uh, evening mass schedules. You got the evening mass tonight? I do not. I have some plans I got to get to, but I do not have I've the got, evening mass. I've got uh, 445 confessions and 530 mass. So um, we have been, uh, that certain comments have been made that we prefer podcasting to our day jobs. Uh, who said that? I I read the I read the commentaries on the uh, Apple reviews every once in a while. Uh, come and meet me. Follow me for a few days. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Good well, luck. Good luck with that, folks. What I think is funny is it's it's actually really difficult for us to schedule podcasting. Yeah. Uh, because we are doing our whatever ministry. We so. had. Uh, I don't think. I mean, do I have to defend myself? Mm-mm. No. But um, no. But I was going to say here's an example that we just pushed the time that we had scheduled back because Father Nathan had an anointing to do and I had to baptize a baby at a hospital. I know. Emergencies come up, we go. I know, but I thought that was really cool that you had an an emergency uh, Spanish baptism and I had a last rites of a guy with brain cancer. So, And like both of us were going to two separate hospitals. Spectrum. And and, uh, we were both helping out, so... I walk in the room and this lady Barb is like, "This is the greatest priest ever," and I'm like, "No pressure, thank you, Barb." Is she a parishioner? Yeah. I hope she's a parishioner. She's so sweet. Um, and uh, her see, husband. I didn't know we have hospitals that are within our parish boundaries, but we don't typically know a lot of people because it's people from all over Denver that come to these hospitals. Yeah. Well, I mean, so I, these were not my parishioners, but I was just, of course, I'm going to help him. I was just with, uh, with Ray. He, I said, you know, I think this is important for people to know, um, that you should always encourage people to go to confession if possible before like, uh, surgeries before, um, like death, because sometimes people are like, Oh, I'll wait. I'll wait. You just don't know when the end is going to come. Yeah, and but uh, if you're doing anointing, it's time. It is, but sometimes people are like, "I'm just going in for a surgery." I just, Father, I just want the blessing, you know. And I'm uh-huh. like, "I'll give you a blessing. I'm not going to give you the anointing." If you're actually willing to confess your sins, then we'll then we'll do it. You can't make them. You can't make somebody go to confession. Yeah, but you should offer it, you know. So yeah, anyway. and I think you can encourage it. You can kind of tell them, "Hey, look, yeah, I don't." You know, if this is serious enough for the anointing, yes, then it's serious enough for confession. So exactly, no, you know, you don't have to go. You know, I don't, I don't. You don't have to go all intense, but examine your conscience a little bit and make a good confession. Right. So, just if you have loved ones who you know still are uh, holding on, but nearing the age in which they could go to the Lord, to encourage them. This is a great family. So um, it all worked out great. We came back, Father Mike. Two thirty on the dot. We delayed a little bit Jack because five. we were we were chit chatting with uh, Father Nathan Nathaniel Hines, um, good priest of the diocese of Colorado Springs, and old friend from seminary. Yeah, I always wanted him for uh, Halloween to dress up 
like a goat and then uh and then run in like you know like <laughs> go on <laughs> I don't know. like goat don't. slash antelope you know he d- he does not look or like a deer i guess it is he doesn't have a very goat look yeah, but I mean, it would be funny because he would run in and then he would say, he would turn to the yeah. microphone and say, Dancing like the Heinz. You make my feet as swift as Heinz. Mm. And then he would run off. Uh, yep. Let's set it up. I don't think he Father, <laughs> he also taught math to my sister Maggie at St. Thomas More School. That's right. He left seminary for a while and was a Catholic school teacher. Uh, it was great to great to go down and visit him. I knew all along he was going to come back. He's amazing. He's one of these guys who's like the nicest guy you ever meet. You yeah. know? I hate those dudes. Like I know. I, I'm with you, man. Just good mood all the time. Or you're not sure, but it yeah. seems like it all the time. No, I, I, I love Nathan, Father Nathan Hines. He's a good dude. Um, but yeah, it's hard when they seem unflappable. So. Yeah. So I raced down here. My car, I'm trying to be careful with my car though because half my bumper's gone the shark did you look at the shark tooth right what now? what happened it's like tied together with bungee cords what did you hit something else it was no you remember it was all cracked yes on the bumper but i like you know dry welded it together and um it was doing okay but it was kind of coming loose before i went to minnesota on a road trip and i brought the stuff in my in my trunk and I said, I'm going to do it up there, you know, like mm-hmm. get it back together and, mm-hmm. you know, make sure it's all solid. And never did. As I'm I was driving up the highway, first stretch somewhere on this stretch from Colorado to Nebraska, it's just gone. We, we pull off to get gas. There's no, you know, the chunk's gone off of my car. Okay. And then I have to kind of tie it together, re-rig it. So I'm trying to get a bumper from this guy, Ernesto. But I go by his shop, and he isn't sure if he can get me a bumper, but, hey, Father, come over here. And he uh, puts a little chick in my hand and then walks off like a chicken. And he <laughs> I didn't know what to do. Now I'm like, yeah, well, I didn't get a bumper, but I got a chicken. Maybe, that was a, maybe that's a good luck charm. I think. I don't know. He eventually came back and showed me that he raises chickens. Of all sorts and doves and pheasants. Would you say it's so? Wor- I like this guy, but I just don't know where I'm going to find this VW bumper. Would you say it's worth two in the bush? Oh, uh, dude, you're on with these weird puns today. There you go. Anyways, um, okay. Well, uh, if anybody has a bumper for you got a, a Jetta Sports Wagon 2011 Turbo Diesel, yeah, is it a diesel? It's a diesel. Oh, I didn't know. Not that. a lot of people drive diesel, but what's your um what's your gas mileage? I get like uh between thirty five and forty. What? That's why I got it. Because it's good for the environment. I don't take so much fossil fuel. Man. And I had an F one fifty before, you know? True. That was awful. That was like seventeen to a mile. Right. Well I, or seventeen to a gallon. You mile. also needed it because you were driving in the country and eventually yeah. hit it. Four wheel, yeah. So it was All yeah. right. Well, St. Anthony, Anthony will find a 2011 sport wagon bumper for you. Yeah, praise God. Whatever, I'm trying to stay detached, but also careful driving. Got it. Here we go, Mike. And I don't have a lot of time because I podcast 24-7. Yeah, all I do is podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if we had the opportunity, all we'd do is just podcast. <laughs> <laughs> These poor people are shamed. 
Ah, adequately shamed. They don't listen anymore, whoever that was. Anywho, all right, I'm going to play some theme music, and I want to see if you can guess it. Is this that, you remember that game show, Name That Tune? Yeah, I always found that very difficult. They I, knew I it. I liked it. They knew it because of the trivia, not because it. of the tune, I don't think. Okay. So. Nope. Nope, can't name that tune. That is Here, do you want me to you want me to play another one for you? Okay. That that's actually going to be the tune that we do, but I recently downloaded this tune just because I keep having the same situation come up where I have different people who are asking me to make a decision on something, but they're both presenting two different options and I have to choose between the two. So then I literally just pull out my phone and do this. Oh, yeah. I know that one. What? This was what you were singing? She's the business manager of St. Joan of Arc. <laughs> He's the pastor and supreme overlord. One of them has the tax-exempt ID card. Who needs it more? We'll find out on People's Card. People's Card. Yep. Yeah, I know People's Very helpful. Card. That's people's court. That was before Judge Judy and everything. Anyhow, we're getting trouble. We'll get in trouble. For yeah, that. hey, don't you. Anywho, uh, licensing. But I love loving those congas. Whoever came up with that too. Yep. So, anyways, the one that I was playing before, uh, some people have already guessed it. It's uh, Ebert and Siskel and Ebert, or Ebert and Roper. Oh, really? Um, two, th- two thumbs up. Did they get the up. thumbs? Yeah, they did the thumbs. Okay. Right, so um, right now, uh, poor Trevor Williams is wrapped in the scandal of the thumbs down movement with the New York Mets. Are you following this? I am not. So, um, uh, Javi Baez, who was traded from the Cubs to the Mets, um, has not gotten off to a great start with the fans because they booed him after he had a stretch of poor games. So, is uh, he a pitcher? He's a he's a shortstop. Okay. Anywho, so he uh, he started giving them the thumbs down. Uh, ooh. Anytime he made a good play, he would he would thumbs down <laughs> the crowd. Yeah. Nice. So uh, and uh, apparently the crowd doesn't like that. They've booed him still, and uh, now the owners involved. So Trevor Williams, our friend, who pitches for the New York Mets, is trapped in this controversy. So uh oh. Anywho, what's uh, gonna happen? That sounds like a people's court. Exactly. Well, that's true. Yeah. The manager against the shortstop. I kind of want to do it again. <laughs> I kind of want to do the, the theme music you again. be doing it again. I know, but the problem is... didn't Wasn't the thumbs down a gladiator thing? Uh, Well, it was, yeah. I mean, that was part of it, but... Uh, Save them, live them, or die. I Was that just the movie, or was that historical? I think it, I think it was... It probably was historical. I think it had something to do with it, so... Anyways, but two thumbs dun, dun, dun. up. Did you used to did you used to watch uh, Siskel and Ebert or like pay attention to like what movies got thumbs up? Maybe that part. I care about f- stars. How many stars you get? Okay. And yeah. I probably you know was familiar. I I wasn't like in, into the, the. You weren't into movies. The, the back critical in the day. reviews. No, got I it. love movies. I've always loved movies, but I wasn't really. Um, I don't know. I you didn't were, hear the analysis. I don't even know where I would have looked for it. Newspaper? Yeah, we got the newspaper back in the day, and we I would read the Friday 
It's either Friday or Saturday. I think it might have been Saturday. They would do the movie reviews. Oh, and, you sound so very sophisticated. I would find the far side and pluggers. <laughs> pluggers. <laughs> you know? Yes. yes. I love the pluggers. <laughs> far side's really good. But uh, yeah, the pluggers—they're still—they're still doing it. Are they? They're still—they're still, they're still oh, writing. Oh like my gosh, cartoon. we would—we would read uh, Foxtrot and uh, Foxtrot and Dilbert. I mean, I'd read all the rest of them, but at some point in my life, I stopped reading Beetle Bailey. I was just like, I'm done with this. Okay, like Beetle Bailey, like I can't deal with it. I never understood him. He's very—I like—I never understood Garfield. Just a depressed cat, fat cat. I don't right. get it. Well, anyways. I like pluggers. <laughs> pluggers, yeah. Pluggers and it's is, a quick shot, too. They're not very complicated. Pluggers is like uh, they have people write in and say, a plugger does this. And uh, it's always really kind of random. Trashy. Trashy, redneck, whatever. It's uh, great. It's great, yeah. Anywho, so uh, you say you like movies, so I, I, I wanted to you know elicit from you. Do you have any movie recommendations? Like things that you're like, you absolutely have to see this movie. It's a great movie. Um, I liked that one with the Austrian soldier who's got to fight for his conscious conscience. It's a Terrence Malick movie. Yeah. Forget the name of that thing. Um, I know what you're talking anyway, about. Anyway, that one, I think we've talked about it on the podcast, so you can look into the archive. I love heavyweights. Heavyweights. Heavyweights about Fat Camp, Gerald Garner. Um what other kind of movies? I I like a bunch of the Adam Sandler comedies that are just childish from mm-hmm. high school. Um, Is it Days of uh, Days of Heaven? No, no, that's not it. Um, what I mean, I a Hidden Life, a Hidden Life. That's, that's it. What it is, that's yeah. definitely best movie I've seen in a while. Um, okay, I don't know. I kind of like the the superhero movies. But I kind of hate liking them, yeah. and it's not like I would recommend one that's profound, and you have to see something like that. Except you would, you just recommended some Adam Sandler films, so you know. Yeah, okay. yeah. I didn't. I'm not recommending that. I'm just saying that that's what I can think of. Got it. I just, saw a Tenet. That was interesting. I'm not sure I understood it. Do you have a family movie? Do you have a family movie that you watch often? Like, Sound of Music was my mom's favorite. Okay. What you guys want. Uh, White Christmas, It's a Wonderful Life. I mean, that would that'd be Christmas time, but Sound of Music was like on regular. And then she liked one called Fried Green Tomatoes. Yes. Oh yeah. But to- I didn't like that. Tawanda. It was kind of it's kind of a chick flick. I that thought. the that opening scene is what very very painful. That's the one where they're walking along the railroad tracks. Isn't that right? Yeah. Oh, it's so painful. Anyway, my sister liked My Girl. Yeah, never never was a big fan of my girl. Um, so, okay. Um, our family's movie, uh, like family movie was um, like uh, in the whole family, when the Goebbels were all together, we sometimes watch It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. Ah. All together. Okay. You know, so we can quote that one. Uh, we used to be able to. I can't anymore. The one that I can quote almost from start to finish is um, Duck Soup. Um, duck soup duck soup which is a marx brothers film uh it's hilarious um very slapstick that's fun. for the families that's for the families duck soup. yeah um see here's the problem with, with with me is i don't have favorite things 
I okay. I don't want to see a movie twice, even if I think it's like awesome. I'm not. I just I don't know what it is. I always want something new. All right. All right. Well, but it leaves me without a lot of recommendation. But you, I mean, you've seen a few and whatever. So um, the question I would have. So my recommendation, um, my recommendation probably would be. Um, uh, Shawshank Redemption. If you oh, haven't yeah. seen that, that's you know classic. Yeah, that's not a family show though. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not recommending for families. That, okay, I no, did the family that's, one. That's a must see. The other one sure. that recently that just absolutely gripped me. This is not for families. No one under 21 should see this movie. Um, is uh, Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Oh, cool! Um, I haven't seen so that. No, it's almost like a Flanner, Flannery O'Connor film in. A Flannery O'Connor story in film format. Yeah, that's like I remember. Well, I remember Respect Bishop telling me he liked uh, No Country for Old Men. Oh yeah, and I get it, but that's not. Oof. It's not an easy movie, and it's that, not, not for families. I saw that movie in broad daylight. It was one o'clock in the afternoon. I finished at around three thirty. I have never been so scared yeah. walking around in broad daylight. It's a challenging so kind of. But Shawshank is very hopeful, very beautiful, mm-hmm. just well scripted, well yeah. directed, everything to the lighting. It's all gray for a lot of it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Even the, the costume design and all of it. So, um, speaking, and I think that was written by Stephen King. Didn't it was. It? Yes. Yeah. The story was written by Stephen King. Um, do you know like the short story? Do you know the director? No. I don't, I don't think it's on either. Is it Spielberg? It could be. I didn't know. I thought that was one that you were quiz showing me that you know the answer to. No. Uh, it, the reason why I'm I'm doing this to you is because um, ultimately we're going to get into a question about the credits. Aha. Uh-huh. Question about the credits. Okay. About the movie, cast and crew. Nope. Fr- Director is Frank Darabont. boy. Darabont. Who knew? Thanks, Frank. Well done. Frank Darabont. The question would be, out of these favorite films that you had... Um, who was the set designer? Yeah, I think I get the point. I don't know any of them. You don't? Okay. Um, what about, what about the costume designer? Nope. Nope. Um. The lights. Yeah, lights. Music editor. Yeah. No, there's about, about, probably about 90% that I don't know. There's some of the actors and sometimes a producer or a director. Okay, so we know, you know very, oh, rats, I just flipped up on my, on my verboom. I need my psalm. So the point, what, what do you think of the point I'm trying to make? Uh, a lot of work goes into stuff that we don't recognize who's there. Kind of, yeah. Or all the, yeah, I don't know. The thing Team, I th- Teamwork. The thing I think that is fascinating is that people love going outside. They love going outside, and I always hear this. When I'm outside and I'm in nature, I just feel close. I feel close to God. Okay. And I want, you know, to, to just, like, admire the aspens and the whatever, the mountains, et cetera. And I think there's a, there's a reason for that. You know, God's, yeah, I God's, say that. God's I grandeur, that. God's beauty, you know. But if this is, if this is the story that we are in you are excited 
for the set director. You're like, this set director is amazing. They crushed it. Whatever idea they had about making whatever, Breckenridge or Hawaii or uh, whatever, the Badlands. Yeah. Like, I'm all about it. Minnesota Ponds. Like, the set director. The world, I've never been to a place that it wasn't beautiful. Well, that guy deserves an Oscar. Yeah, I'm for it. <laughs> you would be yeah. you you would be like, I want to see everything that guy has made. And sometimes there are certain people in certain movies, or certain actors, or certain directors that it's like, I want to see absolutely everything that that guy has done. Yeah, I'm thinking of uh, the quote from Shakespeare, William Old Bill Shakespeare. Sure, the uh, whole world's a stage. I think mm-hmm. it's from As You Like It. Or- mm-hmm. The whole world's a stage. Famous quote. Yeah, I think that is as you like it. Yeah. about I think he's talking about the drama of life, but you could also make it of the drama of history of salvation, like the big story we're in, the God story. Yes. So perfect. Great lead in. So if this is the story, if this is the story, then many people are enamored with the set director. And before, like... If the scenery and the backstage is so amazing and you can't even you can't even get off of that, like then how much more beautiful is the actual story? How, yeah. If the whole world is the stage, then how much more beautiful is the story? Yeah, I like that. And the stage isn't meant to be admired in itself so much as it's supposed to lend to the story, the drama of the story. Right. I mean, you can you can appreciate good with design or whatever, but right, it's about the story. Yeah, like there was a movie a few years ago uh, with Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, oh gosh, it was like he he's been in a few. He was he was a, a he was a mountain man. You know, he was Revenant. 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 Yeah, that's that, a good that one. was an amazing, amazing film. The cinematography in that in that sweeping scenery. And mm. they shot it in Argentina, I think, or something like that. I mean, it was gorgeous. Yeah. But the but the story itself was was amplified by these sweeping shots. Yeah. And I think sometimes we get so caught up in looking at the cinematography or the set design or the costumes and we forget like this is this is life this is a life drama and we are actors we are actors in it and there's actually a plot and the plot but, yeah. is is leading me towards this critical moment of decision as well as how will this main actor, you know, get out of this problem or deal with this situation? Or how will they find their loved one? How will they, you know, come home? How will they find love? You know, like the reason why we're so enamored with art is in is in part because it's leading us to these deeper truths, these deeper questions that we're all longing to have answered. Yeah, the drama. Now, I like Greek drama, and it can be split up into two majors, mm-hmm. uh, comedy and tragedy. Right. And they're basically kind of like what you're saying. It's a, They're about character drama and about 
the growth of a character. So a comedy is one that ends in um, with a happy ending, and it, but it it's usually faded somehow. Like fate is driving, and you can see fate bringing characters into their life in order for them to have this happy ending. You know, so for them to mature in a certain way, or them to meet the right you know um, romantic whatever interests and. On the side of the tragedy, the tragedy is based on how a character is going to their own disaster and fated to their own disaster because of some great character flaw. Hmm. And in Greek, that's hamartia. It's what we would call in the Bible takes up as sin, that they have this this disastrous character flaw that's going to bring them to the bring them to their breaking point, mm-hmm. and it's going to end in in a bad ending for the story. Wow. And I think there's in the Christian life, you have something of that, that I have my life with its you know, serious flaws and the big question mark of, is that going to drive me or yeah. is, you know, the best of me going to drive or, and ultimately how is God um, present in the circumstances in order to give me a chance to take a road or the other road or to direct me in one or the other. I think that's that's really interesting because, you know, it's the Divine Comedy by Dante, but I think we would say, uh, who is that? Brady always quotes it. Um, the greatest tragedy is to not be a saint. Oh yeah. Who is that? I can't remember. It's a, like a modern one, right? Yeah. Maximilian Colby or something like that. Yeah, I thought it was. Anyways, but I think that would be a tragedy. The tragedy would be. To miss heaven, to find, to actually like settle yourself on all these other things and not to actually seek the one thing necessary. Yeah. Um, And to not, sanctity allows you to contribute to the story of Jesus. So it's not just my story anymore, hmm. you know, if you're a saint. If you're not, then whatever, you live your life, you live your story make it what you want, but it doesn't have that eternal significance of I am participating in something much bigger than me in a story that's much bigger than me Yeah, with the sanctity. Yeah. But yeah, to miss, yeah, to miss heaven is right. It's, it's missing the, the whole point of the story. You're distracted by a side road. You're distracted by something that you walk off stage and just do your own thing or you're sitting in the sidelines. Right, or you're 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 no longer engaged in the in the drama, but rather you're just looking at the set. Yeah. Like the thing that the thing that I was struck by was we get so caught up in looking at the created aspect of the world, rocks and trees and animals and all of that, but we we lose sight of all of this is dying and not all of it will live forever, but there's an aspect of me that will live forever. And yes, there will be a new heavens and a new earth, but I would just say that if we are not willing to center ourselves on the drama of human, human relationships, divine and human relationships, like, and it's not going to be, scripted and it's not going to be easy like no great story is easy 
it it's fraught with division and reconciliation and um, ambition and conversion and all of that. Like that's what makes it a great a great story, a great drama, and hopefully a comedy. But if 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 we're watching the films that we love so much, we're not paying attention to the like whatever set director unless like they're somebody that you care for or love or you know but i think that you you want to know like who's the director who's the producer who are the main actors uh who wrote the screenplay you know and in all of that like who's ultimately the director of our life who's the producer of our life who's the actor of my life who are the co whatever co-actors or um i don't know collaborators on this great story to actually know so that when i'm thinking about my life i'm not just thinking like oh what am i doing it's like i'm involved in this great event of communion that is drawing me hopefully closer to my ultimate goal and when the credits roll like i'm going to give thanks for all of these people and not just be like yeah, I really didn't care about the really didn't care about the other actors or or the director. But I tell you what, whoever did the food for this whole movie, the executive chef, <laughs> nice job, nice, nice job, or the person who was you know running the, I don't know the sound. Like you're gonna spend all your time in the trailer and yeah, not actually live in your life. Yeah, I like that in the trailer. Yeah, it's like um, I think. When I go out into commune with nature, <laughs> if you will, um, I think part of me is seeking escape. I just, my life is dramatic. My life is busy. My life is um, complicated. And I like being out in a place that's simple, a place that's open. Um, a place that's just beautiful and evidently beautiful. But I think it's meant to be something of a mirror or almost like creation is shouting to me, live well, Mm -hmm. be a a saint, engage those people around you, engage those problems, engage those ecstasies and joys. It's a foil, yeah. Yeah, and if I... If I run and try to lose myself in that stuff, then I can be running and losing myself for a long time. But heaven isn't that. It's not. We're not Buddhists. We're not trying to get to a point where I don't think about my life anymore. I know you know that something about that sounds appealing because life can be hard, but it's really meant to bounce us back, to send us back, yeah. kind of edify us, and then send us back. You know that encounter with the beauty or creation, but. I can get lost there. I can get lost in that stuff. I think of uh, book 10 of uh, St. Augustine's Confessions, where he says, I was lost in all of these things, but if they were not in you, they would not have been. Yes. I was outside, but you were inside. You were searching for me, but I was not searching for you. And then when he discovers him, he get, gains a whole new appreciation for creation because yes. it's speaking to him of someone who's like, trying to be a part of his life and not trying to um well it's not a bunch of stuff that's just drawing you out and trying to get you to lose 
your sense of yourself and escape, you know? Yeah. I like that when you go into creation, you do take the story with you. Um, but sometimes we just attempt to get lost in the, in the wild instead of allowing the wild to speak to us about the fact that we're lost. Like we're, we are, uh, we, we don't understand ourselves apart from being in that story, in that great narrative, that there is a salvation history that is being written and ongoing. And you need a scenery. Like, no, we don't want to just imagine you with your problems. Like, it's helpful to know, like, who's who are the people around you? Where do you live? What is your job? Like, um, we're not just living a sim life. You know, like, remember Sim City? And yeah, yeah. My brother used to play Roller Coaster Tycoon, uh, where he would just make all these That's different... similar, though, right? You make a theme yeah. park. Right, but Sims, like, Sims actually, like, are people like they're they have lives and you know you have a family and a job and whatever it was just weird how people are like obsessed with living a life that wasn't their own yeah you, you get know? into it so much um so i mean this the the whole virtual reality like rea- world it, it manifests itself but what i'm saying what i'm pointing to is it's okay to want to go into creation it's okay to want to go to a friend's house and just to be like i want to see something different i want to experience something different but but to lose sight of when i do that i'm actually fulfilling part of the role that i have as an actor in this great narrative um I don't I don't think we don't lose that. And for a lot of people I think they've lost they've lost the narrative thread. They've lost the reason for existence and then creation becomes this scary sad place mm. where it's like it's just a big ugly world. Um it's a yeah, a stage with no sense. Yeah. And no no purpose, you know, this the story's not going anywhere. And that's like something of the, well, it's a nihilistic thing. That's kind of like what the No Country for Old Men thing was, was just you're you're waiting for the story, the arc of the story, to start making sense. Why is this person doing something? Yes. Why are these characters involved? And it just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Nothing there. Nothing there. I've been reading some of the Pulitzer Prize um, novels from the last two decades, huh. and one of the themes of this. Um, postmodern style that's winning all the prizes is you have characters that just drop off. You don't hear the rest of their story. You want to hear the rest of their story, but they're gone. There's like a plot that just doesn't go anywhere and then it's over. Hmm. And the whole point is life has no story. It's just frustrating. And people come and go and it makes no sense. It doesn't have to. You know, there's, there's no rationale. But that's a a um a very non-christian perspective right. on life right the christian sees things entirely different yes where everything has purpose everything fits into the story of jesus everything is somehow related to providence even if it's hard to make sense of or even if we don't have to that there is a logos yeah that there is logos. A, a purpose and order yeah. and not just like um uh whatever what what does hegel talk about like 
it, like there is a theme, a meaning. The zeitgeist? Yeah, the, like there's some kind of spirit that's moving in the world. It's like this isn't just this isn't just a theme or a word. This is God. This is God in our life and in the lives of all persons. And I think that we feel ennobled when we step back from from creation and realize I'm I'm at the center of creation. Like the that man and woman are at the height of creation and that ultimately we will live forever. Whereas the mountains, the hills, the canyons, all of it, like it's going to come to nothing, but you and I will live forever. Which and, feels like a flipping it on its head. You go out to the mountain and you feel like that, man, that's millions of years. Yes. That will never go away. Never. Like, I'm the dust. And in fact, turns out that it's, yeah, like you're saying, it's the opposite. We are significant enough that we will last forever. And the mountain, as mighty as it is, is, is the dust. You know? Right. What about, okay, so when you're talking about story, if you want people to say access this sense of themselves in a story, mm-hmm. are you talking about allow God to show you the story in your own life and how your family life relates to it and your job relates to it and the route that you take in your car to the school for carpool and the church that you Mm -hmm. go to Mm -hmm. and all of this stuff? Or are you talking very big picture of the kerygma, which is like the world was created to be this paradise and it's not the way it ought to be. At least the humans, the human reality is not what it ought to be. Mm-hmm. God became a human being to save us from the, all the problems and to perfect, um, to restore our experience of, of a loving paradise that we're meant to live in and has then called us to be a part of that mission, that transformation of the world and the trajectory of getting each other into heaven, this place of paradise. That's the big, big story, right? Yeah, Kerygma. I mean that's that's a little more macro than I think I think I was going to go. What I what I wanted to conclude with is Psalm eight, um, which is what is man that you would be mindful of him, the son of man that you would care for him? Yet you have made him little less than the angels and have crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of thy hands and have put all things under his feet. Sheep and oxen, beasts of the field, birds of the air and fish of the sea, whatever passes through the pass of the sea, how great, O Lord our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Like, I would just want people to see, like, there is dignity in each individual life that is far surpassing the scenery that we actually, I mean, people praise all the time. Oh, the mountains. Oh, the the forests. Oh, the whatever. And it's like, you. Yeah. You have that grandeur in you. God made that grandeur for you in order for you to play out this, this story. And the story that you are creating with him that you're involved in um, has eternal ramifications. And so don't get don't get caught in the don't get caught in just admiring the scenery. Live the story. That's the kind of yeah simplification. That's the thing, I yeah. like what you're what you're pointing to. I hadn't really thought about that. Um, 
No, I see what I see what you're saying. It's like a, a question of perspective and how I f- I fit in and my relationship to the rest of the world. Like what's that human beings are the crown of creation. That God is the greatest humanist that ever was and has set everything up the whole universe as a, as the stage for the drama of humanity. And it's yeah, it's silly to waste your life getting lost in the secondary which or the things that are yeah set up for us i, I mean i think you've made the point well he's a the, he's a an, lot of the theater and the he's a humanist stuff. and an environmentalist but ultimately he is he is one who wants us to share his life the, the i think i don't know if the environmentalists want want the trees and the forest to share in human life or human life to share in their life. They kind of see it as different yeah, realms. They're opposed. And they can be, yeah. To, to, to save one, you got to doubt the other. You got to suppress the other. So I, but I, 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 I've i made the point. We were trying to make this a shorter podcast. <laughs> um, don't, don't worry. So I, I would just challenge, I would challenge anyone, like if you have a favorite movie, you know, look up the set director. And be like, okay, yeah, I admired, I admired the backdrop of that. Now, the next time you find yourself, you know, contemplating the backdrop of your own life, start looking more at like the main, the people that actually like you, you watch these films for the actors, the director, the producer, the the story makers. Like these are the people that actually make your life, and you're one of those. So, and how do I live my life well? How do you write a story? And appreciate that, yeah. Worthy appreciate of, the worthy ones of around you. And yeah. Anyways, that's it. I'm starting to use Evernote. So that was my podcast idea that I, uh, you know, had the other day. I wrote it down, and then now I will delete it. I tried to keep a log for brainstorming for the future, but uh, I had trouble. I, I never revisited the list in order to actually use it. But I like that. I like that a lot. And I think that's going to be helpful for me to just contemplate. Thank, thank you. you. Well, thank you. Thank my I could say more. I mean, we could we could go on two thumbs about up. It, but dun, dun, two dun, thumbs up. Dun, dun. All right. Shout outs to anyone. You go first. I'll try to think. I have I have reminders on my phone. Uh, it's very helpful. Uh, we had some people drop by the parish the other day. No, I didn't write them down. What? Uh oh. I could have swore that I wrote it. Oh no, that was in St. Joan of Arc, not Catholic stuff. Okay, uh, so Samuel Sago, staying uh, near our parish, wrote a great letter uh, and just said he w- he wished he could have sh- shook our hands, um, but um, they were staying nearby. It just so happened that was the week that I was out fishing. Oh, sorry so, to miss you. Um, yeah. So he wrote us a great letter. I'll, I'll forward it on to you. So uh, I'm just in short. I'm writing to let you know of the fruit your friendships and podcasts bear as you serve our Lord. Uh, would you be able to give my brother Ben a shout out? He listened back on Spotify to all the old episodes and is up to date. Last down is Sego, not Sego. Sego. Samuel Sego, thank you for all you do. Um, and uh, God bless you, man. All right, how about and a shout out to your brother Ben? To um, Ben and Whitney Fowler, 
my cousin just got married um week two weeks ago and um yeah i'm just happy for them they're um i'm getting them a precious moments bible nice and i'm sending it your way so hopefully it's not uh too late because it's still already a couple weeks but i am on it i also want to shout the uh two kids who came over to the cathedral from Columbia who were visiting and they were just enamored with the cathedral. I almost feel like it's the wrong thing to say after <laughs> talking about don't get stuck in the beauty of things. But the cathedral is there for your story. Yeah. And then two um, scientists, doctors who were in town for a um, aerospace medicine conference in Denver. And they uh, told me all about aerospace medicine that I was fascinated by. Huh. They helped the people on the International Space Station to do uh, like monitor their health, and they do the research to Wild. figure out how to help people who are in space. Yeah, and you met them. They were just coming to the cathedral. I met a couple. Yeah, three. I think there were three of them. Wild. I forget their names, but they're all from uh, New York. Yeah, cool. But they were in town. They were checking out the cathedral. Good Catholics. So what's up? If you listen to this, I to also told them that I want to be the first priest to say mass in space. So if you hear, you know, talk of the, civilian, the yeah. desire, somebody wanting to yes, send up a priest and have mass said in space, call me. I found the other one. So a uh, rando dude showed up at the parish, JP from Baltimore, uh, super cool dude. Him and his uh, girlfriend were there. And uh, he said, uh, I drifted away from my faith for a while. Two things brought me back. One was this girl. I think her name was Andrea or Catherine. I don't remember. Sorry. Um, and um, and he said, her love and the podcast. So yeah. thanks for listening, JP. JP from Baltimore. I said, do you have, you have any good chili dog places in Baltimore? And he's like, uh, not really, but we'll find you some good food. So if I'm in they bald- do like those crab cakes. Crab cakes, yeah. Oh yeah, blue crab. So, anyways, right. God bless y'all. Thank you, folks. Keep it real. Live your story. Catholic Stuff Podcast Gmail dot com. Check us out. Uh, write us a review that is uh, honest and fair. And uh, we'll see you next week. Cheers. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do